agenda items, a briefing on parliament performance. It's a briefing on parliament performance in the third quarter of 2021-2022, followed by discussions. And then the next agenda item will be consideration and adoption of a committee report. The last item will be consideration of committee minutes, depending on the program. Uh, Recording uh, in progress. Can't hear you, Chairperson. I don't know if it's only me. We are battling, Chair. Um, the connection is quite bad. Cindy, I think you must call the chairperson to indicate that her line is breaking. Uh, the meeting is not able to, to follow and hear her. Thank I have a discussion with the chair. Thank you, Secretary. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. You're not quite back, Jefferson. Yes. Maybe you must switch your camera off. My humble apologies. Um, the system keeps on kicking me out. I was at a point where I welcomed everyone and invited And then a lot of members are being kicked out of the system. I think that the network is very poor. Colleagues, I would like to propose that uh, Honorable Khatibet uh, chair in the meantime. 
I'll second that. Uh, thank you. Agreed. All right. Thank you, uh, honorable members, uh, the speaker, and her entourage from the side of the administration of parliament. You are welcome in this meeting. And then on the side where the chairperson left, she was going to call for the apologies. I have one apology from the Deputy Chief Whip of the African National Congress, Honorable Doris Ragote. She's attending the Magistrate Commission. So if they finish Ayla, they might, she might join us on this side. I don't know, Cindy, whether were there any apologies which were forwarded to you. Or I'm also not audible. <laughs> You are audible. Sorry, I was on mute, uh, Mr. Hadebe. We've got Mema Shangu and Mr. Molitsani just sent one through as well. Um, but on the platform, we have you, Ms. Mabe is on, Kaiso, Mr. Soma, and Member Singh. Mr. Hai has also joined us now. All right. So, with these numbers, which are there, can, can we continue with the meeting? We because can I continue. Sorry? Yes, we can we can continue, but we cannot adopt anything because we don't have sufficient members from the NCOP component. All right. Thank you, sis. We can continue with our meeting. Okay. okay. Cindy, can you, can you fly to the, the agenda, please? Who's calling the chairperson? It's me. I'm saying I'm here, and my name was, my, my name was not mentioned. Oh, uh, we're calling for those who apologized, sis, you know? All right, all right. No, the chairperson is back. Chairperson, we've just dealt with the apologies. I think we're about to go to the briefing itself. Or before the briefing, the issue of the adoption of the agenda. Can you take it from there, Comrade Chairperson? Chairperson Kindela, yeah. Chairperson who? Kindela. All right, advocate. Yes, we, we want to formally record the apology of the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces. All right. Thank you. Thank you, advocate. And then, Honorable uh, Chairperson, we can take over from there now because we are at the point of adopting the agenda. Honorable Singh? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, on adopting of agenda. If you want me, if, can I say something on it? Yes, sure. Yeah, I, I, I suggest we, because of the non-attendance and we don't have a quorum, that we deal yes. with item uh, briefing on Parliament's performance, ask questions, and then we deal with the other items at the next uh, formal meeting. Yeah, I, I think it's a good suggestion. Members were in support of that because we don't have a quorum. But we cannot postpone the meeting because at least let's get this thing out of the way. In the next meeting, then we can adopt the reports which are supposed to, the minutes which are supposed to adopt and then move forward. All right. All right. Well, okay. Honorable Chairperson, Mabe? Yes, a creature. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The Speaker of the People's Parliament. <laughs> Honorable Mabe, can you take over now? So, meeting says. Are you still okay? Or if you still have problems, then I can take, I can continue. Honorable continue Marks. on, Continue on, All right. Jesus. 
No, thank you, members. Uh, the next item is the issue of the third report, the quarterly report of parliament. Usually what happens is that when we have an executive authority, she might be the one who can open the meeting on behalf of parliament before the secretary delivers the, this thing itself, the report itself. So it's over to the parliamentary delegation led by the Speaker of the People's Parliament of the Republic of South Africa. Over to you, Speaker, in your interaction. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I hope I'm audible. I also have a problem of network here. Where you I are am. very clear. You are very oh, clear. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Chair, and thank you, Honorable Members. Uh, I want to recognize the presence of the team uh, from the, both the NCOP and the National Assembly. Chairperson, I am familiar with the contents of the report, but however, I will allow the Secretary of Parliament, Ms. Gower, to present the report. And I will be ready, Chairperson, together with the team, to take questions after the presentation. We have made significant programs, Chair. However, as you will see from the report, where there are areas of under expenditure, it talks to the challenge of uh, performing our responsibility through the virtual system, the hybrid system, which really has, it's a matter which, is, which was completely beyond our control because it, the problem of, the, of COVID remains a reality. So, Chair, where Ms. Kiawa, where there are areas where there is under expenditure, Ms. Kiawa will explain to you why there is such a under expenditure. And it's, it will be quite uh, in several areas, Chairperson. I hand over to Ms. Kiawa to present the report, Chair, if you allow me. A great uh, honorable speaker. Thank you very Secretary. much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Honorable Speaker, Honorable Members, and um, um, my fellow colleagues. Um, I do want to register first, if you allow me, Chair, the apologies of Mr. Castle, who's had to drive for a bereavement, and Mr. Molotov from the management also who has got a bereavement and both have got to head to travel. And as the speaker indicated, the report was submitted as normal on the 27th of January in terms of the FMPPLA section 52. It was tabled on the 1st of February. It means it appeared on the ATC signed by the EA because it is the EA that refers this report to this committee. As a matter of introduction, I will do the introduction and on overall performance of the institution for the third quarter. I will share the report with my colleagues, uh, Ravi Mutli, who is the head of strategy and acting CFO, who is currently taking care of the finances. Indeed, and the third quarter performance report is based on the 2021-2022 annual performance plan, which is aligned to the sixth term of strategic plan of parliament. As indicated, we had new performance measures that focused on the client satisfaction 
of members of parliament. So our focus is really to look at the levels at which our members are happy and are satisfied with the services that they receive from, from staff. The client satisfaction survey is measured quarterly through a survey that is conducted quarterly on all members. Of course, we get varying responses and it has five dimensions. The ne next slide. Each indicator as indicated measures usefulness of information or services, reliability, timeliness, fairness, or ease of access of services we provide. We have five dimensions that we average. And of course, each quarter we average and present depending on the responses received from various members. And the survey's methodology gives a direct feedback on where services can be improved when then that happens, we need to go back and change our strategies. What this information says to all of, of us, honorable members, is that the number, it, it captures the activities of the, the, the houses. So in terms of the parliamentary business, on this quarter that we're reporting that ended December, there were oral questions 226, written questions 601, and debates two, that is into in the National Assembly. And the NCOP, there were oral questions were 76, written questions 153, debates were three. Um, indeed, members, what we are not assessing here is the quality because we're not there yet. And in fact, the quality and the way in which the executive responds to on our members, it's not what, what we are assessing there. It has to take a different um, dimension and that's always debated in the houses. Can we move to the next slide? In terms of the committees, we are showing you there that we've had virtual meetings that are 273, public hearings that are 29, bills passed that are 22, interventions one and oversight visits three. That area will obviously change because they have, since level one, there has been quite an intensive and increase in oversight activities by parliament. But that gives us a summary of the quarter, of course. The next slide is really on social media, the platforms that we use to communicate with the public of South Africa. It shows the Twitter followers that are 824,000, Facebook likes that are 79,000, YouTube, that 165, 167, 106. Um, those are viewers. And then, of course, there are subscribers, that are 50,000. Parliamentary TV broadcast, which is now um, the live activities that we have on our platform. And because we do have a studio that members are continuously using, and we'd love into the future that chairpersons of committees do actually have regular programs where they use the our our broadcast studio and profile the business of parliament through the committee work that is being done. We have also Instagram followers, the numbers are there. Website users, there are 239. Of course, what you are not telling you on this slide is what exactly are they following? And that comes into the detail of the report that is submitted by the Parliamentary Communication Service. We do have that data, but at this level, we pull out just for institutional um, institutional uh, indicators that we are measuring against. This slide shows you the first pie chart on the, on the left, my left, is the number of mentions of the various categories. So it tells us that during this quarter, the number of mentions or statements attributed to, to work of parliament 
overall coverage of 46%, which is the Parliament of South Africa, meaning that the mentions and reference to the Parliament of South Africa uh, added up to 46% of the quota. The, <clears throat> this, the pie chart on the right shows the reach. That's the reach of information driven by Parliament, driven by members, driven by an NCOP or on the NCOP and NA is, is represented in that, in that um, pie chart on the right. You'll see that there's quite an even split of 36, quite a marginal difference between 36 and 38, that is Parliament South Africa versus the National Assembly. We do, on our members, have data, and I think into the future, we, we will drill down, depending on your time, to say what issues were covered there, because we do actually have that data. And we were saying with the team, we will attach it and it can become a hyperlink. So when members want to see what stories were covered and how were they covered, tonality, we can talk about that, but this is quite um, a synopsis of what we're looking at. The next slide, um, if we go on, I, I will, then after the slide, I'm going to hand off over to, to, to Ravi, who will then look at the various percentages in terms of the targets that indicators that we met and the targets that we have met. Overall green um, in terms of our survey and the responses are almost all 60% and above. And I'm sure the committee will discuss about those. And at this point, I'm, I will give to Mr. Mutley, Ravi, to go into the various categories. We are reporting on program one and two and three. In the last meeting, the committee did indicate that we cannot have a dissonance between our budget programs versus our programs of reporting. So we've aligned our programs so that they do reflect what we have put on the budget structure as we had presented to you when we presented the strategy for the sixth parliament. So our information is going to be on program one and program two. Ravi, can through you chair, can I just ask Mr. Modi to come in here? Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Acting Secretary. Okay. Um, uh, good afternoon, Speaker, uh, Acting Secretary, members of Parliament, and uh, and officials. Um, so for the th uh, for the third quarter, uh, there are twelve indicators in the APP that we are measuring. Uh, we for this year, uh, based on our last APP, we are measuring these twelve services through a quarterly survey, which are sent out to all members of Parliament, and these surveys. Um, uh, if we look at the uh, block, if we look at, for example, ICT services, we are looking at overall member satisfaction with the services, and then we are looking at uh, uh, the uh, the dimensions of how easy is it to access the service, the timelessness, reliability, usefulness, and fairness. And the uh, overall member satisfaction is a weighted average of those uh, various dimensions. When we tabled the last APP, um, we didn't have any internal benchmarks to use. So when I presented to the committee that APP, what I mentioned was uh, we had showed benchmarking that we used across other public institutions, other service industries in South Africa, where generally client satisfaction was around 70%. So that is where we had gotten the targets, but now we've got three quarters worth of data. And you can see that, uh, that our services have performed well. Uh, all services bar one were above 70%, uh, with ICT being almost 82%, facilities management being about 72, 
your capacity building around 68, your research services over 79, uh, etc. So uh, all targets were met. Uh, I think uh, what I want to mention to honorable members is that obviously the, the survey results uh, are more informative the more members of parliament take the survey. Um, so far, our response rate has been statistically significant, right, uh, ranging from about 10 to 18 percent. I think at our highest level, we've had about 65 members of parliament take the surveys. We still encourage more members of parliament in a quarter uh, uh, to take the survey to give us more meaningful uh, areas of, uh, of improvement um, where we can. Uh, uh, thanks. Um, could you just move on to the next slide, please? Uh, what I've done here is that I've put uh, your quarter one, two, and quarter three results side by side to show the three different uh, surveys that we've done for the year. And obviously, the fourth quarter one will be coming out soon. Our members can expect it probably uh, early March, uh, 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 in the first week of March. So uh, basically, uh, I just put it here to short, sort of show a trend, although um, it's too little data to say there's a coherent trend here. Some of the quarters, based on the parliamentary program, um, some were shorter than the others. We had an exceptionally short uh, quarter three. However, um, we just use this to look at is there any broad area where we need to worry about or if there's a, a trend where it definitely shows there's something which urgently needs to be done. Uh, in quarter one, two, and three, uh, as... Uh, uh, I'll just um, um, point out that so far in all three quarters, we have been meeting our targets. Uh, those ones which are, which are, even though they might be meeting targets, but are close uh, where there's a slight bit of worry, uh, we are uh, tracking what we can do to improve those, uh, those services. Okay. Uh, I think thanks. Uh, next slide. Uh, honorable members, I don't want to go through each. Uh, the overall performance is 100%. So of the 12 indicators, we met all, uh, all 12 targets. Um, I think um, going forward for the new APP, which we table in May, um, now that we can see that the uh, member satisfaction surveys can be done, uh, it was done for the first time this year, we will also be looking to drill down some of the more operational targets, uh, targets, which also can be assessed more on a real-time basis, like after every committee meeting, uh, you could look at, um, you know, uh, how was the research service for that particular meeting, et cetera. But those are planned improvements uh, we wish to put in for the new financial year and based on the new APP. Um, honorable members, uh, thank you. I won't go into each program easier. I'll uh, hand over to the, the CFO to do the our acting CFO to do the financials. Thank you. Okay, Ravi. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, let me just continue to do that. I will call, I'm sorry, I'll call um, acting CFO later on. Can, can I just make a presentation on the quarter budget allocation? Um, that pie chart actually shows us a budget of this quarter and it's divided into the programs. Um, by the 31st of December, we had allocated 667 million and broken down into direct charges, legislation, associated services, and administration. And those figures are as they are. I will not necessarily waste your time on that. The next slide. 
Um, in terms of that slide, what we're showing is economic classification. You will see that our capital expenditure is sitting at 7.9 million. And this means that with time, we will have to build on our capital expenditure, primarily because we're going to be needing more of your infra infrastructure, immovable uh, property that we'll have to, to get into later on. Then, of course, it shows that we've spent, we allocated 121 million for compensation of members, and that includes entitlements. And then, of course, transfer payments to the parties. Then we follow there's goods and services of members. These are entitlements of members, goods and services of APP. That is the operational activities that we have that, that actually amounts to 62 million. Compensation of employees for this quota is 316 million. If we go to the next slide, um, the, this is in terms of the financial performance and appropriation statement by program. The administration, I just want to highlight two things and not too many. Legislation and oversight, in terms of the quota, we've spent 81%. However, there is 65% at the end of the year, which we're envisaging. And this is where the speaker was talking about the savings that are as a result of the lockdown activities. In terms of the direct charges, we have, we are, in terms of the quota, we are 99%. By the end of the year, we're sitting at 77%. And we do explain here that um, direct charges, there will be a 3% at the end of the financial year overspend. And this can be explained by first. In the beginning of the year, the allocation was cut down, I think, by 30 million. And further than that, we do pay exit gratuity, um, particularly around members who lose their lives. So there's it's a three percent that we know that we will not over we will we will overspend on. And then, of course, what normally happens, national treasury, in terms of the section 23 of the FMPPLA that amount gets refunded back to parliament. So that's the only anomaly I can flag on that slide. Can we go to the next slide, please? On this slide, I want to flag the 67% because you will see under goods and services APP, this is the APP we're reporting against. We have spent in this quarter 67% of the budget that was allocated. And it's indicative that by the end of the year, we will have spent 48% of that budget. And this is exactly what speaker was referring to. Indeed, because of the nature of work that changed because of COVID, hybrids, virtual meetings, and um, a lesser oversight, lesser public participation. At this stage, and the ITCFO will confirm, we had by December, had 241 million that we had invested. And this is part of the budget that we will use to increase and modernize parliament. And in fact, it's with the fire incident, it's even more important that we reinvest that money in the spaces where we need to invest them in, uh, improving our technologies, ensuring that members have got better services, looking around for um, infrastructure that we can use going forward. Indi indicated, as I said, that with goods and services for members, we're sitting at, at an overexpenditure there, but obviously it sort of um, irons itself out later on. I will then ask the CFO acting to proceed with the rest of the financials. And of course, the next section later on, 
members will give us guidance. We break the budget in terms of the programs as outlined and as per the achievements that we've had so far. Um, come in, um, CFO, acting, Ruby. Thank you, um, Secretary. Uh, good afternoon, Honorable Speaker, Honorable Members and colleagues. Um, as Secretary has said, uh, just to give an uh, overview, Sandy, just go to the next slide, please. Uh, this is the compensation of members, uh, the classification. Yeah, we say um, uh, in terms of spending, uh, it will be 100% for the third quarter, uh, and there is a projected overspend. Uh, I think Secretary did allude to there has been a short uh, fall uh, from Treasury uh, um, that they didn't allocate appropriately, but obviously this will be refunded to Parliament. In terms of the compensation of employees, um, currently it stands as 88% uh, for the third quarter, um, and there are indications of the underspend by the end of the financial year. Um, I think it is important to note that there are key vacancies, like the secretary. Um, there's also slow uptake of members. Um, the CFO position is also not yet uh, filled, so that is why there will be a projected underspend. Um, it is also to mention that in terms of the human resource budget, um, there is vacancies amounting to 30.9 million and also the group life uh, in that budget of 20.1 million. Uh, in terms of the APP, the operational uh, budget of goods and services, um, it is standing currently for this quarter at 67%. Um, and that equates to 40.9 million. Um, there is indication of the underspend as alluded to uh, by the secretary due to still COVID related matters. Um, uh, less travel that happened in, 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 in that this financial year. Um, um, there is a lot of the restrictions, the announcement, uh, the changes to the program of, 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 of Parliament, um, and also the taking Parliament to the people, uh, that budget that was not spent. Uh, I think these are some of the reasons, uh, uh, members, that uh, equates or relates to uh, the slow spend uh, at, at this time of the quarter. With regards to goods and services, members' entitlements, uh, as indicated, there will be an overspend, um, but uh, there will be full spend uh, at the end of the financial year. The transfers to political parties, um, that will be 100% or 128.4 million of the budget. And here again, indications are that the budget of 513 million will be spent by the end of the financial year. With regards to the CAPEX budget, which is currently standing at 7%, um, there is a variance of 7.398 million. Um, and this variance made from committed funds uh, in terms of delivery, 
that are now expected on the capital uh, computers in the fourth quarters. Um, we are also indicating that there will be a full uh, budget uh, spend at the end of the financial year, and that this is also due um, to the fire, the recent fire. The, uh, uh, we need to replace a lot of, of of equipment that has been lost in, in that fire. Um, next slide. Yeah. Uh, in terms of program one, um, as indicated, uh, it uh, the main divisions in program one is the executive authority, office of the secretary, corporate services, uh, corporate and support services. Um, these programs uh, in total has a spend of 84%. Um, annually, as we've indicated, uh, there will be a 61% a, a uh, uh, spend. Uh, then in terms of compensation, uh, again, we are saying there is um, for these uh, main divisions, um, in compensation of employees is 88%, goods and services is 84% spent, and then the CAPEX is 7%. Uh, the next program, please. Um, just go to the next slide. Uh, yeah, the next one. Uh, the next slide, please. Yeah, uh, program two, in terms of legislation and oversight, um, here again, the main divisions is the National Assembly, National Council of Provinces, public participation and shared services, and then uh, including in this program too is also sectoral parliaments. Uh, the spending there is as indicated, 88, 58, 85, and 50% subsequently, uh, total of 81% spent. Um, also, for this quarter, in terms of the uh, COE, uh, which is 87% spent, goods and services 55, uh, which is a, a, a slow uh, a spend, but I think we have given the reasons uh, why uh, the slow spend, still COVID that is uh, with us, less travel that is happening. Um, then also in terms of CAPEX, which is standing at 78% and total is 81% spent. Um, in terms of the next program, program three. Yeah, uh, program three, associated services, which includes members facilities, transfer to political parties, um, and then transfer to the parliamentary budget office uh, subsequently, they spend uh, uh, equates to 96, 174, uh, which is 98% spent in total. Uh, there, uh, the spend is still in line. Um, the CAPEX, uh, COE, uh, is 99% spent. Members, there's an overspend there, as we have alluded to. And then capital currently is no spent in, in terms of this program. Um, also transfer payments, which is 100%. Uh, total, 
yeah, just, just move to the next slide, please. Next program, uh, it's direct charges. This is compensation of members. Uh, the percentage spent for direct charges is 99%. Um, and direct charges is members' remuneration. Uh, for this third quarter, uh, uh, we've indicated the 3% um, overspent on, on members and due to the annual budget that has been reduced. Um, but as we said, the direct charge will be refunded by National Treasury as per the FMPPLA of Parliament. Um, I think that is the last slide. Uh, uh, honorable members and speaker, uh, this is the conclusion part, which I will allow Secretary uh, uh, to conclude. Thank you. Thank you, honorable members and speaker. Honorable Chair and honorable speaker, there's quite a lot of detail in the tables of the finances, but what we try to do is just to flag areas where there's evidence of underspend, areas where there's um, issues that may um, uh, impact on, on our budget going forward. The fact that it's much now, there is very little that is expected to shift that budget. So in the end, in terms of our performance, we're consistently performing above 25%. Yes, there has been consent from the committee that maybe we are putting our targets low. Uh, but as Ravi explained that, remember when we had our stretch plan and APP in the fifth parliament, committee said, look, we're tired of you just counting beans like so many days, turnaround days for legal, legal advice, so many minutes and so many meetings held. So we tried to really look at the transfer inspection and say, um, our service should be rated by members. Obviously we've started the, the client satisfaction response and this is member satisfaction actually, a response to the services providers provided. And um, like we said, we now have a baseline. We now are going to try and drill down into individual divisions and see what targets do they set so that at the end you are able to cumulatively say the target of research is, is 20 and they have to contribute 5% towards the institutional performance. These are the things that honorable members would like when you have your strat plan sessions, we will be interacting with yourselves. We will be invited by yourselves. And of course, they are our executive authority too, if that is allowed in terms of your strat sessions, obviously I haven't attended to them um, because it has been postponed due to COVID. And we would like to really show how we want to take these um, top, indicators, make sure that each of the divisions or the areas of operations contribute to an institutional target. So currently, in terms of the three, we're going to the last quarter. In terms of the three quarters to date, there's consistently 75% of, of, of performance. And we do say we are aware that service can actually create fatigue. Um, however, we are asking more and more members actually responding assist us to look at the weaknesses that we have. Currently, we got communication about how we plan and support oversight. So the House Chair was concerned about our capabilities of coordinating properly how we support oversight going forward. And there's indication we have to work in a coherent manner. 
The other thing that we're looking at on our members, there is services that can benefit us if we collect data as real-time feedback. These are services, for instance, we're thinking, and we have raised with the committee, and I'm sure we will pursue that. We have a forum of chairpersons where we meet, all the division managers meet in one room. We last did that in 2014, I think, but we've never interfaced with the chairpersons of the committees because it is the chairpersons of the committees that have to assess our work. It is them who have to identify whether our information is useful, our research assists them to ask poignant questions, and it's not the only desktop research. We can analyze the APPs of the departments better. And of course, finally, from our side, actual client feedback continues to inform the areas of improvement um, where we do need to improve. And that can be discussed later on in this committee. Chairperson, um, this is the end of our, our presentation. We did submit in good time, so we were expecting that members can um, raise questions. And thank you so much. Also, thank you to our speaker too. Over to you, Chair. Thank you, Acting Secretary, for, thank you. for the report. The chairperson can take over now. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Hadebe, for standing in for me. I had to change gadgets. Uh, I hope I'm audible now. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, let's 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 also take this opportunity to welcome the the presentation. Um, I think one has just noted uh, with concern that the Parliament did not spend two hundred and thirty-two million. Of course, uh, given various factors i think maybe later on as member after members have uh, reflected uh, maybe we'll then get a simplified and a simplified answer um my main concern is that um, the unspended funds related to employees compensation um what, what really uh, contributed to that and uh, going forward, what is it that can be done to make sure that uh, we don't experience this? Uh, when it comes to employees' compensation, we, we have to be ahead. We need to comply at all costs. Um, Ma'am Jawa, you know that uh, you know during the recent fire incident in parliament, it was because of uh, we could not post people in certain strategic uh, uh, posts because of there were queries of budgets and all that, you know, given that and versa versa the underspending, what, 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 what can be done to avoid that? And what really led to this underspending? That is my, my main concern. I will pause for now and recognize uh, hands. Cindy, can you also help me to recognize hands? Members, let's allow Cindy to then point us and... Uh, um. Okay, Chair, we've got Member Otwe. Um, going down. Mr. Singh. Um, all right, so so far it's Member Otwe, Mr. Singh, and Mr. Hai. For now, that's it, Chair. Members in that order. Please switch on your camera for for recording purposes. Please, when you speak, switch on your camera for recording purposes. In that order, Cindy has noted you. 
Okay, good afternoon, uh, Chair, um, and good afternoon to the members of Parliament. Uh, my apologies, Chair, I will not be able to switch on my camera. Um, my network is failing me uh, where I am. So I've got only two questions for now. Uh, one relates to, okay, let's make them three. One relates to the number of responses on the survey. Uh, we don't have an indicative number of how many people responded to the survey. Uh, it's quite important to know because it changes the percentage completely. So when you've got two responses and then you've got 10 responses, your percentages will, will, will change. So can we have the, the number of responses received that led to the report? Number two is on uh, financial performance. Um, it's not defined what associated services relates to. So if uh, maybe Oshjawa baby can assist us in terms of understanding what relates to um, associated services. And then the last one is in all the programs, it's indicative that there'll be an underspend. Uh, there's not a single program where there'll be a, a spend of uh, maybe 90% or so. So all of them, they are below 75, I think. So what are the reasons for that? And then what are we doing? Have we already informed Treasury that there's going to be an underspend so that perhaps they can then reprioritize and move some of the services to other ministries that could be in need of those services? And that will be all for me for now, Chair. Thank you very much. Members, I won't be calling you. Please okay. just uh, come in in that order. Uh, yes, Chairperson, thank, thank you very much. I was uh, second. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, good afternoon, Speaker, honorable members, and, and to the administration team. Uh, thank you for the presentation. I'm going to start off uh, where you finished off, uh, honorable Chairperson, on the question of compensation of employees. Just to find out when can we be assured that Parliament will have its full complement of staff at all levels. Uh, Secretary to Parliament, uh, I see we've still got acting CFO, and then and, and what mechanisms are in process to ensure that, uh, you know, those posts get filled sooner rather than later. And I'm asking this question also because there was a, a, a view during the fire, uh, Honorable Chairperson, that uh, uh, because of budget cuts, etc., uh, we could not employ our parliamentary protection services staff uh, over the period, uh, you know, over over the, uh, the the leave period or the holiday period. And now, when the public has to see that we've underspent, I mean, how do we reconcile that thinking uh, with with the kind of reasons we've given before? So that's the first one. The second one, uh, I think, uh, colleague Andrew Malto has, has asked on in terms of the survey. Now, I know there's a footnote there which says 10 to 18%, and Mr. Moodley said, uh, well, up to 65 uh, members out of 400, uh, of, out of 500. It is something, but not good enough. Uh, you know, we really need to find innovative ways of encouraging more members to participate in surveys because your results become an extrapolation of what you have. And, and, and maybe what we have is not a, a fair way of assessing how members of parliament think about the way uh, parliament is providing them services, particularly uh, with regard to the, the, the item capacity building services. I mean, that was the lowest and it came down, the trend was down. 
So can we be just taken to what does capacity building services entail and why do you think members were, were unhappy uh, with that, giving it uh, a lower percentage from the first to the third quarter? Uh, then also, perhaps I must just ask the question for because we are the committee that's involved with the parliament, the, the members training. I know we postponed it from the beginning of the year due to circumstances beyond our control. Is that something uh, still on the radar, uh, the members training? Because I think it's important for, for, for us members to be trained, even those of us who have been there for many, many years. Then on, on, on the issue of uh, financials, I know ASTP, you did say, uh, well, we had an underspend and some of the money will be uh, used for refurbishment from the fire. Now, I don't think 60 or 100 million is going to be uh, enough to refurbish, probably to do some short-term refurbishment, which will allow us to occupy more areas of parliament. But generally, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very small amount uh, compared to what will actually be required to rehabilitate all the infrastructure, particularly the National Assembly building. Uh, and my last question relates to uh, one of the underspends and the reason was a slow uptake of PAMED. Now, I'm just trying to understand what that means uh, because PAMED is compulsory, but, and I know new members who come in just take up, uh, uh, you know, they pay for themselves only. So, so, so what do you mean by saying slow uptake of PAMED? uh and 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 related to palmed uh honorable speaker we had sat with a group before looking at ways of dealing with the 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 fact that our parliament has to pay for uh, ex members members from other provinces and it comes out of our budget now i was informed during another uh engagement that i attended by a senior national treasury official that there have been uh proposals put on the table uh, to the office of the ASTP in this regard of how to deal with this. And, and, and there hasn't been any answer forthcoming from the side of parliament. So is that true? And are there proposals, proposals on the table of how we deal with this issue of uh, our account, parliament account being debited uh, for the uh, contributions we have to make uh, to parliament for ex members and members from other provinces. And maybe allied to that is the whole question of parliament also paying flights uh, for ex-members. Uh, you know, if, if, if I retire tomorrow, I get four e economy flights. But if I was a minister for a weekend, I get 48 business class flights. Now we did come up with proposals and, and, and uh, Madam Speaker, I know you, uh, you, you know, you just sort of finding your feet in the office, but I would hope that the administration would give you some of these recommendations by various committees that we set up on how we should deal with uh, regularizing some of the issues of flights and permit, et cetera. Thank you very much, Jefferson. Yeah, from the rest. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Jefferson. Uh, greetings to uh, honorable speaker, uh, honorable members, uh, secretary and the team. Um, so let me start also with the issue that uh, Honorable Singh has just raised with regard to the uh, law uptake um, on the uh, permit. I think uh, there, there was a response on this at some stage um, that uh, some members uh, say that uh, their spouses uh, have uh, their own um, medical aid and therefore they are 
part of uh, uh, such medical aid schemes. So I wanted to check if uh, whether there is a choice with regard to the issue of permit. If your spouse uh, has her own or his own uh, medical aid and you are registered uh, under that, do you have a choice uh, not to join a permit? But also whether there are there is any verification uh, that such uh, those who claim that uh, they are part of uh, their spouse's uh, medical scheme, uh, whether there are any verification uh, that is done uh, uh, by the administration. I just wanted to start with that. Uh, uh, the the next issue linked to the issue of uh, client satisfaction. Uh, um, at some stage, we agree that. Uh, uh, after every committee meeting, there, there should be some surveys uh, with regard to the satisfaction uh, of uh, members uh, that be done by the chairperson of the committee on, on issues of uh, research, uh, um, the, the research and the, what is this other position, uh, just say, uh, there's other than the the or oh, the content, content advice, yeah the content advice just give my mind the the legal advice and the procedure if we could just have a short a short one so that uh, maybe quarterly you you can then uh, have a result of uh, uh, that kind of a survey uh, that should form part of the uh, quarterly performance report um so i would like to to have at least time frames as, as to when uh, this uh, will will start. Um, the the next issue I wanted to check uh, at some stage we 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 had a discussion as a committee uh, with treasury because we're concerned that uh, parliament is treated like uh, uh, government departments when it comes to allocation, and we're not happy with that. And then there was a discussion therefore that was going to continue. Uh, between the the minister uh, and the of and the uh, uh, office bearers of parliament uh, with regard to that aspect, uh, I just want to check uh, if we could get uh, an update as to how far that process is now. Um, uh, the the next issue, just I want to check, uh, is with regard to uh, one of the slides was uh, telling us about the, the number of oral uh, questions and. Uh, uh, reaching questions uh, from both the uh, houses. I just want to check if uh, when you refer to those, are you referring to the questions that have, uh, particularly the written questions, would, will those include the responses to those questions or just the questions that have been uh, uh, written to the executive by members, but they don't include uh, the number of responses uh, but if it, if, it, if they don't include the number of uh, responses, I would rather suggest that perhaps in future when we deal with the with the uh, fourth quarter, uh, that we also include uh, the number of uh, responses, uh, particularly with regard to the to the written uh, questions. The last point, uh, I'm I'm happy that I saw uh, on the platform, uh, Miss Linda uh, Harper, that uh, she's she's part of the meeting. Um, we have in the last meeting uh, raised the issue of the tools of trade. Um, in the past, you, when you have these tools of trade uh, in previous terms, um, 
especially the, the fit term, the way arrangement members were allowed to enter into contracts. Uh, in fact, what parliament did, they brought all these uh, service providers, uh, MTN, Vodacom, Telcom, um, what is the other one? Uh, I just forgot the other one. Uh, Celsius, sorry. Uh, and then we entered into this arrangement, which were for a two-year period. Then after, a two, after that two-year period, and then the, there will be an, an upgrade. Uh, but uh, this term, the sixth term, the arrangement mostly is uh, now done by, by parliament. It has entered into contract on its own uh, with these service providers. But what we're noticing is that we've been having these uh, tools of trade, I mean, for more than two years now. Uh, they, there's nothing that is being said except the cell phone that has been upgraded. So uh, if the secretary uh, could uh, respond uh, uh, to that particular aspect. Uh, the issue of uh, the filling of vacancies, uh, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Singh has a uh, uh, touch on it. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. After Lusoma, please, we have a time after Lusoma, please be ready. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, and uh, good afternoon, Honorable Speaker, and, and, and your team, and also Honorable colleagues and Honorable members. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Uh, I thought I, I, I will follow Honorable Harube, but it's fine. Let me uh, say that uh, in a way, in terms of consistency, in terms of giving us a sense of comfort, the first and the second quarter assessment uh, report uh, does indicate to us, Chair, that we might still be going towards a, a clean audit uh, with, with the minimum uh, areas of emphasis from the AG, hopefully. But uh, but the way the 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 way we received the, the the presentation does indicate that. But let me start one chair with the issue that has been raised by Honorable Singh and Honorable Khai now to say maybe through you, Chair Honorable Speaker, that uh, the issue of filling of senior management positions it, it should be chair a standing uh, 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 item just to be up, uh, informed in terms of the status of progress thereof. I know, Madam Speaker. In our last uh, engagement as this committee, she did uh, indicate report to us, but probably let's make it a standing item until there are one bodies in these positions. Three chair. Um, in terms of uh, oversight, uh, I note that uh, we didn't have much oversight because of the disaster regulations that our country had to obey. But having said that, Chair, we should, I think, from where I'm seated, that we should have a mechanism and a tool, a scientific tool to assess the value add of the, of the oversight for, on both sides, both from the members of parliament and also the administration. Let me say, let me then unpack what I mean. One, in terms of the uh, 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 members of parliament, when we process our reports from our oversight, there must be a clear indication how do we then as various committees assess whether the recommendations that 
they have put on their oversight reports are being implemented by the executive or the departments. But also in terms of the police, uh, 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 portfolio committees or standing committee, there must be a, a process mechanism that is a tracking mechanism until its final conclusion, positive final conclusion of the areas or matters that would have been recommended from the oversight so that these oversight, they don't become a, a, a PR exercise. They must add value. They must give hope on those areas that would have uh, visited or oversighted because of course chairs would have and committees would have also expressed their opinions through the recommendation. For a chair, uh, I, I might have omitted or missed this one in terms of the explanation of this quarter, which is the second quarter, the, uh, the sort of projected uh, overspend on members' uh, compensation. What could be the cause if it, uh, it has been said, but if it can be repeated so that I can get a, 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 a clear uh, rationale on that? Uh, because I don't want sort of these things that we overspend in terms of our competition as members, whereas the numbers doesn't change. Uh, uh, the, the, the fourth one, Chair, which would be my second last one, uh, for a sense of getting a comfort that there will be no potential uh, ages, adverse comments or findings. How did we, uh, I, I, it might not have been said very clearly, how did we manage to finance with the good work in terms of augmenting after the bent of uh, the fire, the unfortunate fire uh, fire on our parliament in terms of the chamber in particular? Uh, and uh, how did we finance the, the capabilities in terms of the Cape Town City Hall and also the Good, um, good Hope and also the other ones that are still in the progress in terms of making sure that we enable our committees to be at, at a visual uh, capability as it were. Because they, for, from where I'm sitting, I think there must be budget, uh, uh, what's it, uh, uh, budget vote uh, changes or, 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 or taking from this vote to this vote. Uh, uh, it should be, from where I'm sitting, I might be wrong, uh, this committee must endorse that or condone it or ratify it because the AG then will look at that process in terms of how did we then move the shift the, the budget votes in terms of our programs. Uh, that's the point and the, and, the, and, 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 the, and the rationale that I'm raising the chair. And I'm, I must applaud the office of the speaker also the good work that you have managed to make sure that the, uh, parliament does function because the warm bodies is they are there and uh, in, in, and also we are in, in in compliance with the constitution that directs us that uh, the parliament must sit in cape town uh, through visual which is a good one the very last one chair if i may uh, chair is that uh, and I'm, I'm being opportunistic here but it has been worrying me from the other cap that I, I, I've got a response in terms of the programming with, is that chair, I thought uh, I might be subject to correction on this one, that uh, this committee oversight on all parliament allocated budget. There are other functions uh, through you chair, Madam Speaker, that are also delegated to the house chairpersons by their positions. Uh, if then we must find a way as this committee, how do we harness that so that their reports uh, or issues that we might, they might also want to ventilate through parliament to parliament, 
through this committee, they are ventilated and also their report also, they are accordingly 80 seat. Uh, because I thought the 80 seeing of um, reports for now from, from my little knowledge is that they should be processed through committees and they seem like missing in action in terms of those reports finding their way to be 80 seat and be scheduled to, be, to come before the house. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I believe it's now my turn. Apologies, Honorable Lusuma. Um, I've got a couple of questions. The first one is directed directly to the speaker. Um, and of course, it, you know, it's probably a product of the fact that I'm new to this committee. But speaker, it, it is, uh, it is, it is, it, it's, it's concerning for me that, you know, we've had an acting CFO for about five years, an acting secretary to parliament for many years, and an acting head of security services for over five years as well because it 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 makes no sense why there has been such a an administrative backlog in 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 appointing these um these these key posts because of course the reason i mean with the, with the recent fire one of the big issues that came out which i think was devastating to the credibility of the institution was the fact that we have not had the head of security services appointed fully for many years. Uh, and so I think this is something that deserves far more urgent attention. And, and, and there was a member who said it probably needs to be a standing item. I would argue that it actually needs to be something that is resolved more than a standing item on our agenda. So that's the first question to the speaker. Then I, I do want to uh, follow up on a couple of questions. The one is around the cost-cutting measures, which, of course, um, were then uh, referenced, particularly by the, the parliamentary staff uh, after the fire. Uh, again, I think institutionally, the 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 um, the brand damage to the institution is quite important that we also, as a committee, have to uh, uh, you know concern ourselves about. There was an argument that was made that there were cost-cutting measures that were being done, particularly under COVID, and there was a, a sense that uh, we did not have the full complement of staff and uh, this was I know that the speaker had met with Nahau and, and there was some level of uh, agreement there but now how then do we reconcile as this oversight committee the cost-cutting measures which seemingly were needed versus the fact that there is an underspend and so you know it would be interesting to hear from the acting secretary of parliament what that relationship looks like and related to that, if there in fact has been an underspend because of COVID, have we then looked at what the current needs of Parliament are and essentially reprioritized funds that we no longer need? For instance, if the funds are related to the fact that there weren't any you know, public meetings or taking Parliament to the people, have we then reprioritized those funds to make sure then that we, 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 we've got other things that have now been yeah, uh, occasioned by by the by by COVID, uh, and if you if you can also just um, uh, elaborate on that, then I just want to find uh, clarity on on something that uh, the um, the acting secretary mentioned uh, the figure of two hundred and forty one million rand. Um, was that a saving due to uh, COVID related? You know, the, the functions of parliament having been curtailed by COVID. Um, and was she saying then that 
this money will be used towards other things. I saw, I heard that she meant she was saying that it would be used towards modernizing parliament. Is this 241 what is being earmarked for um, essentially refurbishment of parliament? If not, where are we looking to source that fund? Um, or where are we looking to source those funds currently? So it's just, it was perhaps I may have missed it, but if you can just provide clarity on where the 241 million is and where it's coming from and whether or not it, that's what's being earmarked um, for refurbishment purposes. Um, and then I also do want to just ask related to the issue around the fire. Um, I know that, of course, we are yet to get the presentation on the relocation of Parliament uh, soon. And so perhaps we may not have all the full information, but is there a projection of where funding for alternative venues of Parliament is likely to come from? Is there any projection around what may be needed for the refurbishment of Parliament? Um, and then the last one is, would it be possible to be able to get a breakdown of the SONA costs? Uh, the reason why I say that was because we were obviously made aware that the cost has doubled uh, from the initially um, 1.9 million rand uh, and with reason because of the fire. Uh, but it would be interesting and it would perhaps be um, useful to be able to see then what were the additional costs that we incurred, where they went, um, and sort of the, the some of the service providers. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, this is Khadev speaking here. And then first of all, I'd like to appreciate the report which has been presented to us here. I think that it goes and it does give an objective reflection of what is happening in parliament. But there's something which I want to raise, in particular on the issue of the non-filling of critical posts. In the previous uh, committee meetings, we did make decisions that those posts must be filled as of yesterday. What is worrying, when you look at the under-expenditure, the office of the secretary has spent zero. So it means that it... It is an opportunity cost in that office. She has earned her, his or her salary. SARS will have got something out of that secretary. Unlike the, the, the listing now, which is going to be not used. And then what is also very important is that also the issue of the services within that office. They will have been procured somewhere or have created an extra job for someone to do. But I think that this issue of performance of parliament, if you look at the issue of the feeling of vacancies. I think that it damages the parliament big time. So that's why that this issue now must be treated with agency it deserves. Number two, Chairperson, on the issue of capacity building services on slide number nine, you can see that everything is actually declining. Quarter one, ICT service was 88, or at least quarter two it went up to 92, but it went back again to 81. All the others are going down. What is worse is the capacity building services, which has gone down up to 67%. What is the causal factor of that? Is it because the capacity building process, I think that there are programs which are there. I think that the issue of the, uh, the members registering in the universities, 
they must be paid for. That is there, it's there, but in the past we had the problems whereby the members were complaining that the parliament has not paid on time. So can you just expatiate on what is happening here? And then the others share, I won't go back in because I think that our, my colleagues have done a good job out of that. But on the issue of the parliament fire, there are political parties which were affected because of the banning of parliament. So what is critical here is that they don't have offices. The staff components of those parties don't have offices. We know very well that for it to be functional parliament, we need our researchers in. We need to, so what is the, is there any temporary provision of space so that these political parties can be able to do their work? Thank you, Chef. Thank you very much, um, honorable members. Um, even though you refuse to turn on your cameras, uh, but uh, at least you are audible. I see there are some few hands. Let me just check. Uh, there's a hand of... Uh, the hands are done. There's a hand of Sibuwe Kwarube. Honorable Kwarube, you still want to have a second bite? And Umpile Maudwe, Honorable Maudwe. Sorry, Chair, that's a legacy hand. Okay, yeah. just lower your hands. Lower your hands, members, so that um, we can be able to move forward. Yeah. Speaker, over to you and your team. I'm not sure if you would want to come at this stage or at a later stage once uh, they have uh, responded to the questions. Thank you, Chairperson. I would rather come at the end. I do have specific issues I would like to respond to. For now, the Chairperson of, I mean, the Secretary of Parliament and her team will respond to some of the issues which you have raised. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Speaker. Thank you, Chair. Indeed, we're going to share the questions and respond to them with my team. The, the first one generally around the matter that has been raised, there is never a point where we made savings and adjusted um, um, activities of, of parliament in, with respect to work being attended to. There, there's never been a connection between our compulsory period of leave because that has been happening for as long as parliament has been around. And I have said it to the committee many a times, we were never saving costs by having compulsory leave. Compulsory leave happens because it's our policy. There are fewer people in uh, the period of the 16th of December to 2nd of January. The only difference during COVID when Omicron, the variant uh, was, uh, was found in South Africa in December last year. That is why we didn't have our members sitting and um, talking about parliamentary services. So there was never a connection that we are saving um, because then we're reducing stuff that is critical. Um, and I have tried to explain uh, that um, extensively. The, the speaker did say she will come back with, with the other points. I do want to ask um, 
And let me let me let me answer the capacity building. Honourable Singh, you're correct. Capacity building programs is a joint venture between the EU, where we have a service level agreement with UJ, uh, VETS to date, and I think we do have one in the other provinces. And this budget is largely, the bulk of it comes from the EU. And the reason, of course, which I will then explain in linking it up with Honorable, um, I can't remember, there was a question again on Kappa's Honorable The question here is that during the first major, during COVID, there was a force major with EU and they delayed to move the tranche of the money into our budget because we pay as they, we spend and then they give it. So as it is now, we, you will see that there's 30 million of underspend in that and that budget sits with the legislative sector because it covers all the legislations. So, but what we haven't tested on our scene is the value. I know that LSS did a study of the relevance of the content and substance of those courses to members. We have not tested it, but I must be honest that LSS did a review of the modules and they have that report, much as it's not a report of 2020, 2021, but it is there. But in addition to that, we in the strategy added short courses for members, like things like speed reading, things that members felt they needed. What the weakness is about the extent to which we integrate the graduate programs and the short-term programs. Uh, when Mr. Mabuso was here, um, we, we were in the process and we are going to go to do that. Integrate all the programs that talk to capacity building of members into one space so that there's consistency. Um, that, that's the one. Slow uptake on, on permit. It, um, Ms. Harper will talk to that and she will explain um, what the issues are. But I want to talk to Pamet with respect to the national treasury. We've done a lot. The last letter we wrote was on the 1st of June 2021. And because treasury had said they can't take permit from parliament, we would rather have two choices. Get the, the, the money that the medical aid support budget given to the provinces because we also cover the provinces. Give it to them in their baseline. Or work with parliament to identify a vehicle that can carry that. Because we are asking, can they have something that's like a vehicle like GPF? They just said parliament is very complex because it's also self-managed. Um, the trustees of parliament and the board are members and I know that the deputy speaker is currently the chair or something like that. The rules are very different from ordinary rules of, of the, 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 the medical aid. And of course, it is compulsory, but um, why there's a slow uptake? I think um, Honorable Khai tried to indicate some of those things, but anyway, I will actually ask Linda to, to further explain the permit if she's able to do that. And um, on the issue of the tickets, Honorable Singh, on the 16th of December, the speaker will talk to that. We did brief the speaker around the proposal on the tickets. Let me go to um, the oversight assessment and tracking of implementation of follow-up issues. I'm going to ask Advocate Pidella to talk to that point because it talks about whether we have a mechanism to track um, any other oversight processes, whether there are things that have been completed where after we've done oversight. Um, Advocate Pindela will talk to that. And then 
projected overspend on Arumsuma. Yes, indeed, I did say it's about the exit gratuity, sometimes not planned. So we have an average of 3% that we actually um, are, are reflecting this quarter. And we say because it's a direct fund, it will actually be refunded by Treasury, where we tell them that we've overspent. The adverse AG um, issues, we are meeting with the AG. They have written us a letter. We normally have our, our planned meeting with them. Part of what we're going to be looking is looking at the impact of fire. Um, our Treasury Office advisor has pulled together what could be assets that will impact on our asset management and asset audit, um, and we have a value to it. And then, of course, we will meet with them and see how they're going to treat that because this is not like a voluntary thing that happened, that the fire happened. Um, with respect to costs, I must say, honorable members, over years, we used to host SONA on an average of, I think, about four million. And we will share with the committee how we reduced the, the spend of SONA over time. And um, because we cut out the dinner, we cut out quite a lot of um, catering that we're doing. And we cut out on, we used to have posters in the streets from the airport to parliament, we cut out all of that. So over time we had saved. As a result, when the speaker and the chair um, addressed the media, they did say that um, in that we did talk about the fact that we had put aside 141,000 rands for the current sonar. However, because of the incident of the fire, we've had to increase that. So where did the budget come from? We have the sector parliament budget which sits under Mr. Castle as deputy acting for core business. And the sector parliament, we had spent little, so we were able to actually move that money to ensure that we cover the SONA. But the good hope, the hybrid, is something we had budgeted for, part of it because we had to bring in hybriding, because remember last time we, 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 we did report that we are actually modernizing. We try to make all committees hybrid because we know that amongst us, the staff that has comorbidities, amongst us, the staff members that have comorbidities may not necessarily come to parliament at any point in time. So we, we were able to actually use that. But I do want to talk to environment. In terms of the FMPPLA, all unspent funds, we submit a memorandum to the EA for them to look at where we are requesting funds should be shifted to from one cost center to the other, and then we provide them the value of the shifts. It is in terms of our act, and we do that all the time. So when we had the 241 million, which was last year, we gave to the executive authority, and currently the same is going to happen with the change of leadership and the quota. We are, it tells us you have to talk, submit, ask for permission for environment to happen. But the environments within the division, less than 5%, can be moved around. So there is definitely a guidance on all of that. Um, I'm going to ask Ravi to talk to the surveys. And then Linda can come now to talk to the permit. Advocate Pindela can come. Ms. Harper, talk to permit. Uh, Advocate Pindela, talk to the tracking of oversight assessments and oversight impact. And then, of course, 
we get um, Ravi to talk to, to the service, and then we'll deal with the other service, plant satisfaction, and then, of course, um, me, me, Honourable Speaker will talk to the areas that, as a leader of parliament, she will talk to those, as she indicated. Ms. Abba? Thank you. Good afternoon, Madam Speaker and members and colleagues. Um, just in respect of PARMED, I just want to clarify in, when we look at the, the PARMED costs in the parliamentary budget, there's a separate item for PARMED which relates to PARMED costs for continuation members, so members who've left the sector um, for which Parliament is then responsible for the, um, the state contribution. Um, and I think in respect of the slow uptake, that refer is referring to members who have exited um, the sector, who have chosen not to continue on the PARMED scheme. So they've then gone on to their own medical schemes and have not taken up the continuation membership. Um, in respect of the um, nature of PARMED for, for members, it is compulsory. Um, and we um, immediately uh, deduct PARMED from all members um, who we take onto the, the payroll, and it is only by exception and approval by the PARMED Board of Trustees that members may be exempt from, from membership. It would not, however, apply to a member who was on their spouse's medical aid. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Ms. Harper. Um, Advocate Pinella, on the mechanisms of tracking oversight, over to you, sir. Uh, thank you very much, Chen uh, Sector, and uh, good afternoon, our uh, speaker and honourable uh, members and colleagues. Uh, so far as uh, the, the tracking of uh, the outcomes of the uh, oversight uh, is concerned, uh, this would be the reports would have emanated, which would have emanated from uh, the, the committees, and therefore committees must ensure that. Uh, uh, those uh, resolutions are, are tracked. But uh, insofar as uh, resolutions emanating from the House are concerned or from the Houses are concerned, uh, the two Houses do track those resolutions. For instance, uh, in the National Council of Provinces, we do have a committee on petitions and uh, executive undertakings. And that is the committee that uh, ensures that the undertakings that are made by members of the executive are followed up, are tracked, and uh, are implemented. Uh, as I've indicated, we do have in, in both houses uh, the, the mechanism for tracking the resolutions emanating from the houses, but insofar as the resolutions emanating from, insofar as the, the committee resolutions are concerned, it is the committees uh, that are supposed to, to follow up on those, uh, on those resolutions. Thank you very much. Chairperson, allow me to call um, to ask Ravi to speak on the surveys and also on the sample size. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you, Acting okay. Secretary. Um, um, honourable members had asked the numbers of members who'd taken the surveys. Uh, sorry, I did put it in the presentation in terms of percentages, but uh, but I, I will say it in numbers. So, uh, so, so basically, we've had in the mid-50s up to 65. Uh, uh, members. So, so basically, I think 55, 56, uh, 65 members who've taken uh, uh, taken the surveys. Uh, the reason why the percentage is important, uh, and uh, and I stated in percentages, is that when we wrote a technical description, when you look at surveys, um, so so basically, 
uh, 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 surveys uh, when taken I- I- anywhere, uh, uh, internationally done for any purpose. Normally, what is considered uh, statistically significant is a 5 to 10% response rate. Normally, surveys are considered good when you get a 5 to 10% response rate. It's normally considered good. At Parliament, we've been way, we've been above that 10% mark. I indicated between 10 and 18%. However, I also do, so we've also, uh, uh, in terms of audit purposes in the technical descriptors, we've written it like that. It's been checked. However, I am still saying that the more members who take the survey, uh, survey the better uh, the better it would uh, would be. So from internally, we I think I wrote uh, we wrote that you know we would like the response rate to be up to uh, uh, at least seventy percent. Um, the way we've tried to make it easy for members to do it, we send out the survey. It goes to everybody's email. Um, there's about four reminders which get sent out. Then we also started uh, uh, sending it via the uh, members' phones via by using the bulk SMS service. So the links are coming through to members' phones. Uh, we did it in Google Forms to make it easy so that a member could uh, do the survey on their phone or their computer. Uh, we look at other ways as well to try and improve the, the response rate, but the results are, are valid uh, and uh, uh, passes the performance information test of audit. Um, I, I think, uh, honorable members, that was, uh, that was the questions. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Robin. And the, the other question from Honorable Bahube about the, the cost cutting during COVID. Um, in September 2021, I think even, yes, 2021 and 2021, we presented, and we'll do it again, we presented um, an, a, a, an expenditure that showed members that September of 2019, versus September of 2021. This is how things were looking like in terms of expenditure. We broke down per line item areas where we were not spending. And it is indeed, it was international travel, a lot of it, oversight, a lot of it. And at that time we did say the retained funds at that time was indeed to make sure that we invested in the refurbishments, particularly of our ICT infrastructure that we needed to do. And in fact, that helped us because 2020, when, when COVID came, we had already been started to put a plan on um, ensuring that we invest in our ICTs. In no way are we going to use the retained funds for the whole refurbishment after the fire incident. And this is a matter that on our speaker and our chair have actually um, asked us to look at crunching numbers and looking at where, which direction do we take with respect to the fund that we'll have to restore the parliament. But the of immediate need is to find that home for the LA, a matter that is being discussed elsewhere. Um, on this matter, the matters that are left out, indeed, um, our speaker did say she will address them, the positions, the senior management positions that are vacant. Thank you very much, Chairperson. We will come back if there are certain things that we haven't responded to and the colleagues will remind me too. Over to you, Chair. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Chairs. Can, am I audible? Chairperson, am I audible? Yes, Speaker, you are. 
Yes, thank you very much. Chairperson, I will just talk to three quick issues. The first one being that, uh, Chair, we, between myself, the chief of the chairperson of the NCOP, and the Minister of Finance, we are preparing for a meeting. Uh, as far back as last year, when I joined uh, Parliament, there were efforts by the executive authority through the Secretary of Parliament to interact with the Minister of Finance so that we can discuss some of the issues which we have raised here. For instance, the issues of allocation of budget of Parliament uh, by the executive. That's the one issue which we have agreed and, and I've, we, together with, with, the, with the Minister that we need to meet as quickly as possible. As you would know, Minister was preparing for the budget. He's new as well. And he has really been trying his best to, to talk to us on sometimes on an informal basis, but we may be having a meeting in the coming two weeks now that the budget uh, presentation is over. Now, what one of the things which we, we are agreeing on when we talk together is that there may be a possibility that Parliament actually, I mean, the National Treasurer may have to pass a, a special appropriation bill for Parliament in order for us to do some of the things which were meant to do because as a result of the destruction which was caused by this fire. So I, I don't know, um, but those are issues which will be determined by him when we interact with him. Honorable members, the, let me talk to a matter of uh, uh, the flights. I'm fully aware we are briefed and we have been in discussion between myself and the chairperson of the NCOP and the acting secretary of parliament and Ms. Hapa to discuss the issues, the equilibrium which we need to ensure between uh, the former members of parliament and those who were part of the executive who have since left the executive or who have retired. So we are discussing that matter. The point is when the presentation was made to us last year, I think on the 16th of December, yes, it was a holiday, it was clear that we may as well run into problems with members of parliament of form, the former members of parliament because of the numbers. We had to do a heavy discussion to discuss the actual numbers because the, the, num the number which was being pro uh, proposed would have drastically reduced uh, the numbers of tickets for members of parliament, ordinary, if former, whereas for those of the executive, for my executive members were very high. So ours was to say then, let's look at the three options which were presented to us by the officials and we allowed them to then go and discuss and come back with a clear proposal between the numbers which were brought to us. There is something we've agreed on, but we want to ensure that there is a parity, that there's equilibrium in, in the benefits of all members of parliament, after all, even the executive members themselves were former members of parliament because we are members of parliament. 
So that matter is a matter, and I'm sure um, the Secretary of Parliament may be able to provide a full report at the next meeting. But I know that uh, about two weeks ago, when they came back and we were unhappy with what they were proposing, we sent it back. They should be able to come back now with the final number. But what is important is that it's for all of us to have an appreciation that we, as we have since in whatever number proposed, it will apply to all of us, particularly because the, it, I wish you something I did not know, I wasn't familiar with, that uh, actually it takes everybody who travels, who was a former member of parliament, whether served in the executive or not, that money is taken from the budget of parliament. So that is one of the matters which we have thoroughly discussed and I think Secretary of Parliament, you should be able to come and brief the members on that one. Honorable members, there is a matter of uh, vacancies. I may not be able to talk to other vacancies which may be existing in the institution, but the three I would like to talk to is one, the Secretary of Parliament, the Head of Security of Parliament, and the CFO. Honorable members, um, I'm sure you we are all aware that there, there had been interviews which were conducted some time ago by a panel established by Parliament working together with a, a service provider which had been contracted to 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 deal with that work, to recruit and so on. And that team came out with a report and came out with very clear proposals as to what the way forward should be. We have been seized since uh, the beginning of this year with discussions related to that matter. In fact, part of that would be we've requested that next week we should, uh, a meeting should be facilitated for us to have a meeting with those members who were in the panel which interviewed us to clarify issues of uh, remuneration and so on. But I can assure you that we are hard at work to make sure that possibly by the 1st of April, we may have a Secretary of Parliament. And following that, Honorable Members, we had, uh, we've agreed with the Chairperson that perhaps it may be helpful to allow for the new uh, sec the incoming secretary of parliament to be given an for him to be given an opportunity to to be part of the processes of appointing the CFO of appointing um, the head of security not for any other reasons but just to allow the person to come in look at the structure, look at what is there, look at the vacancies, be part of the processes, of course, which are processes which are already underway. Already, I mean, advert has, is out already, shortlisting has been done, has been submitted by the Secretary of Parliament to myself. And we are looking into all of those things, but it would also be good to allow whoever will come in as our Secretary of Parliament to then be part of that process and work together with the management team of Parliament to fill in 
those vacancies. Of course, I'm aware of the of the agency of the matter. A fire broke out, and I know that everybody is on panic because part of the problem may be indeed due to the fact that we do not have a person who is responsible for security, a head of security, and this we have not had for the past five years. It's a matter that has been dealt with for the past five years, but soon we will have a head of security. Equally, we will have a CFO. Um, on the matter of uh, parliament and the expenses and expenses of, of the current arrangement of sitting at the Good Hope, I think the acting secretary of parliament has responded to that. But just to indicate to the committee that on Tuesday we will be presenting the options which have been brought to us by the team, the work stream which deals with a venue for sittings. We will be presenting that to the Forum of Chief Whips so that then the Forum of Chief Whips can discuss that report before we take it to a bigger forum of the programming committee. So hopefully by the end of this week, members through their political party representatives in those structures will know exactly what the proposals are. But also not just the proposals are, but the costs uh, to each one of the options which, are, which have been presented to us. Hence the statement which I made earlier on that yes, honorable members, we may not be able to fund some of what is being currently being proposed. And therefore, the Minister of Finance actually is ready to have a special appropriation bill for Parliament to deal with the current challenges which we have. I, I should say that on, on the matter related to which Ms. Kwahube raised, the actual financing of the State of the Nation address and the budget, uh, the, uh, uh, the budget which was presented the other day from the Good Hope Center. I think that Ms. Kiawa and team, if required to do so, as you've proposed that you would want to know exactly how much we have spent and how that money has been spent, I think the team, Ms. Kiawa, will prepare for a report to and present it at the next meeting, because this meeting was meant to just deal with a, the, a report of, of the last quarter of parliament. But that specific report, if required to do so, Ms. Kiawa will be able to present to you and give you the detail of every cent and how that cent was spent. On the matter of a Basically, the parliament itself. I do want to say, honorable members, that there is a web stream which is currently looking into everything, including, which means beyond what we are working on, which is the sittings of parliament, which is just looking at the future of parliament. And part of the challenge there is that we are dependent on the engineers as well, who are doing their assessment in parliament engineers from the Department of Public Works 
who will then finally advise whether in fact the structure which is there, the walls which are there are durable enough for us to rebuild on them or should we consider a complete relocation from the current site of parliament? So all of those matters. So we are unable to speak with authority with regards to that issue and say this is how we see the way forward beyond uh, what we are doing right now and this is what we are going to be spending. But we know that over years there have been studies conducted by parliament with regards to sometimes the relocation of parliament and what it would cost us and so on. And now we are not talking that. We actually, that um, work stream will have to come to us and say, what do we do? Should we now have public hearings, get South Africans to take a decision on how we can rebuild our parliament? Are we talking about keeping this parliament and rebuilding on it? Are we talking about relocating parliament? And that's really your, your long-term kind of solution. For now, everything and everything that's being done by the management of parliament is looking at the best possible way of ensuring, as we have directed, that parliament continues with its business. I think that's the last issue. I'm aware that honorable members, uh, honorable Khadebe raised a matter, which, which is that some of the offices belong to, belonging to members of parliament were bent down and so on. I am aware that uh, the team working under Ms. Kiawa through Zungu, Ms. Zungu, is already has a number of offices which have been allocated to members of parliament who have been affected by this fire. So everything and everything is done to provide a solution in the short term so that we make sure that committees function, continue to work, they meet. In fact, we are preparing for much as we have the regulations and rules on hybrid sittings, we are equally preparing for members to sit physically, if needs be. So that all has been done and the space has been identified. I think, honorable members, that is all I would like to say uh, at this point. I thank you, Chairperson, and I thank you, the Secretary of Parliament. Chairperson, over to you. The speaker has covered all the matters. We have nothing to add. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And yes, before we, we, we can, I want to recognize a few hands. Yes. I want to recognize a few hands. Uh, I think it's just for uh, clarity-seeking questions uh, without necessarily reinventing the wheel. I see there's Mainali Soma, there's Fai, uh, the Singh, uh, there's Kwarube. Those are the four hands. I'm talking just for clarity-seeking. In that order, members. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. We are spot on on that. May I switch off my camera so that I don't seem like I'm in fire? 
Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Chair, I, I think uh, the oversight uh, value add response uh, didn't cover me because I thought probably we've got, as parliament, we've got a generic, well-known across all committees, a tracking system thereof, which is being populated by the admin support, such as your content advisor and research and the committee or standing committee or portfolio committee secretary. So that's one. Two is that uh, on the same matter is that I thought uh, 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 Mr. It's Mr. The gentleman who spoke to that will say that in parliament, after the issues have been adopted, the reports have been adopted by the House or accepted by the House, would ordinarily through the Speaker's office a letter written to the various departments and also CC it to the committee so that the committees are aware that departments formally and legally in terms of the process have been informed. That, that's, a, that, that's what I wanted to clarify myself because I, I wanted to have a, a sense of comfort that we do have a process tracking system mechanism that is in place. Two, Chen, uh, which I thought uh, uh, the acting secretary, uh, uh, since Mr. Claso is not present, uh, condolences to the beloved family member that has passed on, to say that in terms of the various units under the speaker's office or in the speaker's office, which are led by the house chairpersons, there is budget that is being spent in those offices and there are reports that are expected to be presented before or processed by parliament. And this is a clear process. Would I be wrong then to have a whatever probably I think this committee is very important that those those reports must be processed by this committee either for noting or giving a, a thumbs up to be processed and be ATC so that they can be uh, scheduled to be before the house and all those things and and and, and hence I'm saying I, I raise the matter in that spirit so that somebody can give me a technical process a, 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 a update to say this is the normal what it happens so that we don't bend the reports that parliament should know like the treaties that would have signed and other related matters thank you very much Chair. thank you chair <laughs> i thought uh, honorable singh was going to go first Chair, just uh, issues that I raised earlier, I didn't get a, a response on them. I heard uh, Ms. Harper responded on the issue of a permit, but she didn't uh, respond on the issue of the truth of trade, the period, uh, that uh, the long period that it takes uh, to renew or upgrade uh, other uh, devices. Uh, the other issue was with regard to the client uh, satisfaction uh, post committee meetings the issue that i raised uh, with regard to just a, a, a small survey with regard to how the meeting uh, took place in terms of uh, the the content advice the research legal survey advice uh, you know all, and all other services um, and also I raise the issue of the timeframes as to when uh, we will be able uh, to start that process. 
the last point was on the number of uh, uh, routine question. I, I asked a question because there's a slide that talks to uh, the, the number of uh, routine questions uh, that have been submitted to both houses. What I wanted to check whether uh, the, the number of uh, those number of uh, question include uh, the responses from the executive, and I uh, suggested that if not, that in the next quarter that we we should separate the number of uh, questions that have been submitted, and also the number of uh, uh, responses uh, to those questions that have been. Uh, um, uh, sent to uh, to the executive. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much, <coughs> Chairperson, Honourable Speaker. I am going to ask this question here, or make this comment as the unelected leader of members of the Union of Members of Parliament and NCOP. And I want to preface it by saying, Honourable Speaker, I think I'm taking advantage because you are on the platform and we're talking about remuneration and benefits of members of parliament. And I want to preface it by saying that I think we all appreciate the fiscal constraints that the country is going through at this moment in time and has been going through over a period of time. But a frequently asked question of me, uh, probably because I'm too long in parliament, uh, honorable speaker, is when is there going to be some finality on the question of remuneration and benefits to members of parliament and NCOP? Now, we know that uh, before 2019, the commission, which is the Justice Liu, it's now just Justice Liu from Northwest Province, Justice Liu Commission, it was a Muzi commission, said that they are going to look at the remuneration and benefits of all municipal councillors in that period. From 2019, they were going to look at members of parliament at legislature and legislatures. What is happening to that commission? There have been interaction with, with, with committees in parliament, but nothing seems to have been put on the table here for further discussion uh, because honorable chairperson and speaker, the, the increases quote unquote, that members of parliament are getting are negative. If you look at inflation and everything else, it's negative. You know, we're losing a high percentage of money over the period of time. So I'd really make an appeal through your office, Honorable Speaker, that you have a chat with uh, Judge Liu and that commission and just tell them to come and brief us. Where are they? Because, you know, I know many members of parliament for fear of whatever it is, don't want to raise the issue of their own benefits and salaries. But, you know, it's not something we should be talking about in the corridors. It should be something we put out publicly and talk about it. So that's my appeal to you, uh, Honorable Chairperson and Speaker. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Chairperson. I think I'm next, if I'm not mistaken. And mine is just uh, character seeking. Uh, I think, Speaker, I, I hear you the point that you make. I think any leader of any institution would want to be able to appoint they to be at least part of the recruitment of their own team. So, so the the point is well made, and and, and I accept it. Perhaps if I just could ask, I mean, is there any sort of timeline that you have around at least the acting secretary or the secretary to parliament uh, process. Uh, that's all. Thank you. Chairman. 
I mean, end of April, by April 1st. Thank you uh, very much, uh, my chairperson. Um, let me also take this opportunity to greet my leader. Good day, uh, honorable speaker, and all protocol observed. My chairperson, uh, my, my, my take was to uh, talk about uh, some of the issues that has already been alluded to, to some, some members, uh, which I think uh, it will be clarified. I just wanted to mention that uh, I, will, I wanted to get uh, information about monitoring and evaluation on tracking system, but it has already been mentioned by our Honorable Suma. Uh, I think it will be covered on that uh, on that level. Also, my other issue that was uh, on my side was the issue of truth of trade, but I think another member also uh, came up with it. But lastly, I would like to appreciate the deliberation that has taken place in this meeting, though I gained a bit late because of other meetings that I was attending today. But I, I appreciate the, the collective uh, responsibility that we're taking. Now, uh, the, the volume is going to. It seems we've lost member Maso. I'm here, Chair. I'm here. Are you done? Yes, I'm done, Chair. I, 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 just, I was just I wanted to show that some of the points that I wanted to raise, they were already been taken by two members, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right. Mchawa. Thank you so much, um, Honorable Chair. Can I just deal with the, the commission? I think members will remember that um, last year, the commission canceled, shall I say postponed a meeting of a date that they had agreed to. And both the speaker and the chair wrote to the commission and said, Judge Leo, we really have to conclude on this matter because it's been outstanding for a long time. Subsequent to that, the commission argued that they have to revisit some of the comments that were made. And Ms. Harper did say that at least parliament and some of the legislatures had made their inputs. Um, we, another letter was sent from the speaker and the chair to remind the commission. The commission responded on the 7th of February, 2022, saying they note that their interaction with members of parliament is delayed. They are now notifying us that they want to have a consultation with the Minister of Finance before coming to the members of parliament with a report and how they are dealing with the recommendations. And this was the letter of the 7th of February this year. There was the last conversation. And then, of course, a response acknowledging their letter and also reminding them that this matter has been outstanding, came from the speaker and the chair back to Judge Leo. And honorable members, this is where we are at about this. And we continue to follow it up using honorable Barato and Mamgunya's committee also to ensure that finally there must be a response on the matters that talk to the remuneration of, of members of parliament. Um, Chairperson, if you allow me, on the I think with Honorable Nsuma's points, we, we accept that 
and Advocate Pinella is on the platform, um, he might want to indicate, but my recommendation would be that um, both Advocate Pinella and Mr. Castle provide members with this um, closing loop, this full cycle of oversight that um, reports and tracking of, of, of resolutions. I do know that we have a manual system of tracking of resolutions, but Honorable Soma is asking the whole institution and what are we doing? I can say that in terms of the projects that we have, we are automating that tracking of resolutions and tracking of issues that have to go back to the various departments and the implementation thereof, so that both houses have a seamless tracking tool. And I think, um, Ms. Ms. Beck is on the platform if there's more information, but I would ask that a comprehensive report be produced by the two House Secretaries for the committee, Honorable Soma. May I also talk to Honorable Chai? Yes, we, we, we appreciate and take your comments and we're happy about it. We are going to do the short snap survey with the chairpersons. Earlier on, I said, we have written to both Honorable Nyambi and Honorable Frolic to ask for a meeting with the chairpersons of committees. And we think indeed that will give us real time responses on the levels of satisfaction in terms of the skills that we have and the reports that we give to, to, to committees. Because that would also help us with skills de de development, skills audit. We have quite very, very um, qualified and competent officials, both in research and content but we just need to also make sure that they get that feedback, which will help. And uh, in terms of the, the adding the response, separating it, if we have it, we will do that um, on our time, we'll definitely do that. And then I will ask um, on a, Ms. Harper, Linda, to talk on the attrition of the tools of trade because we didn't answer that question. Jefferson, um, I think we've covered some of the matters. On the matter of the House, the committee, the reports that Honorable Soma is talking about, um, I wonder if Advocate Pinella can even clarify that because I don't think this committee receives reports like that, but I don't have an understanding of it. Um, I will ask um, Advocate Pinella to deal with that one particular matter. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Chairperson, okay. Chair? Oh, I thought it would be Ms. Harper before you speak. Okay, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Chairperson. Before you speak. Chairperson, may I carry on? Yeah, I think the chairperson asked that you carry the on. The question uh, was asked by Member Hai. It was in relation to the gadgets that we are using. I think that uh, previously members were allowed to directly contract with service providers, but um, the current arrangement is that. Parliament is facilitating that arrangement. <laughs> and coupled to that, it has been two years that uh, we've been using the budget. So a lot of members to 
upgrade their cell phones. But what about laptops and iPads? I think that was the question. Thank you, Chairperson. I did I did note the question. Um, it was agreed for the sixth parliament. Chairperson, um, it was agreed for the sixth parliament that parliament would enter into agreements directly with the service providers. Um, and that was to reduce the administrative burden on members as well as the financial burden of having to pay their own accounts and claim back the expenditure from parliament. So in June to, uh, 2021, we sent out communication to all members advising them that laptops and tablets would be upgraded in 22-23 financial year and that mobile phones, we would start with the upgrades, which we did in June of last year. So any members whose mobile phone was due for upgrade has been upgraded at this point. Um, and the main reason for um, doing the upgrades in 22-23 was to align the contract term to the parliamentary term and ensure that the contracts terminated at the end of the parliamentary term. The um, change and the proposal was endorsed by the Member Support Forum and it was also presented at the time at the Chief Whips Forum prior to the communication being sent out to all members in June of last year. Uh, it was at the same point that we made certain amendments to the uh, Tools of Trade and Communication Services policy that allowed members to access additional services that were required for the off-site working. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, we have answered the ancillary questions and we'll hand over to both speaker and yourself. Thank you so much. I think Honorable Khatebe uh, uh, must take over because the chair, the, the system has kicked her out. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, uh, Ms. Lesoma, Honorable Member, Ms. Soma. Oh, there's the chair. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And yeah. that, there are just two issues which have been raised after I had responded to some of the matters raised by honorable members. The one is a, an important matter from Honorable Guahube about the timelines. Honorable Guahube, I must say that we are working hard and, and we actually have sleepless nights on this one. We would like to ensure that we give Parliament a start of Parliament by the 1st of April. I'd be deeply disappointed if we will not, if we are unable to, to achieve that objective okay. set for ourselves. But we're trying very hard with the chairperson to work on that. But the second matter. Can you mute yourself, Chair? All right. Second. all right, all right, all right, speaker. Honorable speaker, continue, please. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Honorable Thank you very much. The second one is a matter raised by Honorable Singh, which is the matter an issue of remuneration of the remuneration uh, commission uh, chaired by Judge Leo. Actually, let, allow me, honorable members, to, to make the point that uh, the manner in which the 
the Secretary of Parliament presented the matter was a very, very, I think, very careful, very cautious of, of not stepping into people's toes. But the reality of the matter is there's, a, there's been a lot of towing and throwing with regards to this matter, honorable members. When I joined Parliament, there was a meeting which was set, which had been requested by the Commission itself to interact with the Executive Authority to give us a report of, of, a, of, of, of the work they had been doing. At some point, it seems they realized that, in fact, and they made the point that it's not, they did not take into consideration some of the issues which had been raised by members of parliament, uh, which members of parliament had raised very strongly, issues which really should have been covered by the report. So I think once they realized that, then they, they sent a letter to us to say they are requesting that they postpone the meeting and that rather they should interact with the Minister of Finance before they interact with us. Now, we, we then agreed to that. Sitting here, I'm not sure if uh, they've, they've since uh, interacted with the Minister of Finance, but the letter dated the 7th of, of February uh, talks still to the fact that they are still looking into some aspects of the report and so on, and that they will be interacting with us. I think, honorable members, this is my view now. It is possible that the commission uh, finds it difficult to present the report because this is work which has been ongoing for some time. And now we are at a point where the national fixed cast uh, uh, is on a danger zone. And maybe they just find it difficult to come and brief us about uh, recommendations they are making, even if those recommendations do not meet our requirements. But it is important that at least we are taken through the issues and we raise whatever reservations we may be having in relation to their report. But there is a letter which I signed two days ago in response to the last uh, communication which they sent to us. So we're trying to put a lot of pressure to, to get this uh, report. I must say, honorable members, the around October when, when they desperately wanted to see the executive authority, I think what spoiled everything was when we decided that, yes, meeting with the executive authority, but let's also have the, the chief whips of all political parties in that meeting. And, and the moment uh, I raised that, then, the, then we encountered problems, then there were delays. I think that uh, the report would have been presented to, to myself and the chair of the NCOP in the absence of the chief whips. And perhaps, uh, for all you care to know, we may have had, we would have had uh, a lack of some understanding of some of the issues raised by members of parliament. I don't know, because then the moment we said, okay, we will have a meeting, it is agreed upon. However, that meeting should also be all inclusive. Let's have the chief whips of all parties in that meeting. Then we encountered these delays. 
So I'm just saying, I think that uh, the manner in which Ms. Kiawa, I think he was very polite in the manner in which he presented, she presented the issues. But the reality is that I think that uh, they, there may be challenges uh, with regards to the report and, and maybe they have difficulties now of presenting it to us, but we are putting un them under a lot of pressure to come and present the report so that the, this matter is, is finalized once and for all. I, I just thought I should make that point. I think I spoiled the matter once I said, let's have the chief whips as part of of, of that meeting, then uh, then the meeting was postponed. And, and I don't know, but I, I believe still that af after the letter, the correspondence of the 7th and the response uh, which we have submitted, we've sent to them, I think they will see the importance of presenting this report. How, it doesn't matter how it looks, whether it should be a report which will be disappointing to us, which will not meet our expectations, but at least we do deserve, a, you know, the common decency determines that we be afforded an opportunity to, to see the report and discuss the report. So that is where we are with the Commission, Honourable Members. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Madam Speaker, thank you very much, uh, honorable members. There's someone who's talking. Major, why you want to come in? No, no, no. After the speaker, I was saying the speaker's covered everything. We have nothing to say from our side. Thank you, Chair. Okay, yeah, I thought so as well. That the, the speaker is well articulated on the on this on this matter. Uh, members, this is work in progress. Um, I think uh, from our side, Speaker, we need to also commend uh, your team for a well-prepared uh, document. Uh, it is it has improved, and it is far better than uh, what they have um, presented uh, in the previous quarter. We did not agree uh, with some information, and uh, but I think now. Uh, the document has been improved and uh, we, we commend them and thank them for that. Um, members, can we then move to the next agenda item? Which is the consideration and adoption of committee report. I'm not sure if we do have a necessary required Yes, it's Singia, it's sorry. I think when you were having connectivity problems and when we adopted the agenda, we decided that we shall postpone that matter, the rest of the matters for the next meeting because we didn't have the requisite quorum. So perhaps you missed that. Uh, I, I can't hear you, Mr. Singh. Please raise your, your, your voice. I, I, I say that uh, earlier on when you were having connectivity problems, we, we, we decided that the agenda should end where we have ended now because we don't have the requisite quorum to deal with the consideration of reports and confirmation of minutes. I just thought I'll bring that to your attention. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much, uh, members. Um, if we have reached consensus uh, with regard to that, uh, I agree. And looking at the number of members that are present on the platform, we definitely don't have the 
required forum for us to proceed with the next item. Unless if there's a burning issue that members would want to raise before we officially uh, call it a day, then issue that members would like to raise, just uh, use this two minutes. Chair, it can be so that members would want to be processed maybe uh, in the new quarter. Chair, it's the summer. So we will encourage members to do so in writing. I know that the previous thing we have promised that uh, we will process uh, quite a, a number of items. We've tried to do that. Um, we did not achieve what has been sent to us, but uh, with time we'll try to to bring bring issues that were that members have raised. Um, but I would encourage that the members continue to do that. Member Lesoma. Yes, thank you very Second. much. No, no. Okay, there's no, no other issue except the point that we have been dealing with in terms of that we are not able to deal with the report and also adoption of the menace to say that probably it might from your good office necessitate a special meeting and members must confirm in advance so that we can get the process the issues even ourselves as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, agreed. I think in addition to that, Madam Speaker, I know previously we have uh, attempted to debate uh, the permit issue, I, and I feel that uh, we're not we're not getting anywhere with this matter. Uh, maybe in the next meeting also, let's try to put permit also back in the agenda because there were quite a number of uh, questions that were raised uh, related to permit, and uh, when one is listening, it seems like um, you know we we we. We're not really winning this, this, this uh, because it comes in different uh, angles. So maybe in the next meeting, uh, let's just have a, an open, frank discussion about permit and what is it that we intend to do with permit. Um, members, I want to thank you very much uh, for spending your Friday afternoon and availing yourself for this meeting. Um, officially, I want us to close the meeting and uh, if there's any further questions, members can feel free to do them in writing. Uh, until then, uh, we will then meet once uh, both indeed they have then prepared for the next meeting. Thank you very much, members. And thank you very much, uh, the speaker and your... Good thank afternoon. You, Long Thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you. 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 Thank you.